Arizona Sports. Sean Payton. Update. 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 Gambo knew exactly what I was talking about. He sent it to me 11 minutes ago. There's a picture. I'm guessing this is from 2000. What would it be? 12? 2013? Um, no, it wasn't that late. No, I was no, earlier no, no. than that. It was before that. I, Mitch, Eric, somebody Google when Peyton Manning made his visit to the Cardinals. I what can't was his first year with the Broncos, year. Mitch? What was Peyton's first year with the Broncos? Oh, yeah, there you go. 2000. What was that? Anyway, well, that gets looked 2012. Up. 2012. Okay, so I was close. 2012. Okay, so this is the offseason of the 2012 season. And it's a picture of Peyton Manning walking with Ken Wisenhunt outside the Cardinals facility. And, of course, it was that picture that it was, oh, my God, Peyton's here. Peyton's here. Peyton's here. Peyton's here. And um, I don't know if it's the same reaction now or not, but it certainly is a very similar-looking picture. And we want to thank Cam Cox. And there were other photographers out there, too. I don't want to just – I'm seeing Fox 10. Um also having some pictures as well, but another Peyton. This time it's Sean Peyton, and there's a picture of him walking, talking with Michael Bidwell. It looks like it was taken in a very similar spot in the facility, a very similar place. Yeah, there's a couple in of the bushes. Parking there's lot. a couple of bushes that you can like, you know, you could sneak in, get behind uh, them, and nobody will see you there. And- yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And Cameron Cox from Channel 12. Uh, breaking, he tweets. The interview continues. Michael Bidwell and Sean Payton just left in Bidwell's car after spending all day at the Cardinals practice facility. More coming up on 12 News at 5. Uh, so we thank Cam for sharing this picture. It, it, I, I don't know if he was hiding behind a bush, hiding behind a car. Hope he didn't get any poison ivy. I, I hope he's okay, you know, but we, we appreciate Cameron Cox doing the hard journalism work when it comes to this and exactly. no, I'm not being facetious because it's a, you know, it's a picture of Michael and he's talking with Sean and they're yeah. walking out and they got in the car together. Today was Sean Payton Day. And I'll be honest with you, Gambo, I had not put a lot of stock into today as being a thing because I really didn't think Sean Payton was coming here. I was thinking it was going to be Dan Quinn. I was thinking it was going to be Brian Flores. But now, based off of the events of today, it feels like if there ever was a chance for the Cardinals to actually sneak in and get this guy as coach, it feels like some of the conditions are there to make that happen. Not all of them, but I feel like some of them are there to make this happen. The meeting's definitely over because Sean Payton's tweeting about 20 20 minutes ago, he tweeted in response to a Mark Maskey, who you referenced before, saying that the Panthers are no longer an option for Sean Payton. It was an issue with Payton's interview with the Broncos. Payton likes the idea of coaching Russell Wilson and having that defense, but fears a potential power struggle with a member of the ownership group. Sean Payton tweeted out 20 minutes ago, zero truth to this. We had a great visit, and Broncos ownership was fantastic. <laughs> in other words, oh no, I'm still a candidate for the Broncos job. I can still go to Denver. Don't say I'm not going to Denver. Because that tweet from Mark Maskey, Russell Will, uh, Peyton likes the idea of coaching Russell Wilson, having that defense, but, quote, fears a potential power struggle with a member of the ownership group, as you just said. And that line from Mark Maskey kind of gave a lot of people this idea that, hey, maybe he's not going to Denver. 
Maybe he didn't get along so well with the ownership group. Maybe there's some concerns about working there. Six-person so ownership group, right? Six people. Like here, you got Michael Bidwell. But in Denver, even though it's the Walmart guy is the main guy, there's six people that are part of that ownership group that probably all want to say in who the next coach is going to be. No doubt about it. And so then you start doing process of elimination for Sean Payton. Okay, so let's let's play the game. It's not going to be Carolina. They just hired Frank Reich today. They made that official this morning. Right. Um, let's say it's not going to be Denver because this report, but I know that's flimsy, but let's just say that Denver's on life support and they're not going with Sean Payton. The Colts haven't even interviewed him. They haven't even granted permission to speak to him, which would then theoretically just leave the Cardinals and the Texans. Well, now, according to reports, the Texans had a second interview with Giro Aviro, the defensive coordinator of the Broncos. They had a second interview with Kafka, the offensive coordinator of the Giants. I haven't seen a whole lot connecting Sean Payton to them. Then you throw in the fact that Peyton was here today having lunch with Michael Bidwell, sitting in front of the interview panel, according to the report from Kyle Odegaard, all day long, photographed entering the facility, leaving the facility, getting into the car with Michael. It just kind of, it, it, it does exactly the same thing to us that those pictures of Peyton Manning and Ken Wisenhunt did to us 11 years ago. Like, oh my God, is there a chance? Is there a chance? Could this happen? I, I, at the end of the day, it's probably not going to be Sean Payton, but it is exciting to think about, could it actually be the Cardinals when it's all said and done? Because you're right. You said it earlier. As long as the draft pick compensation isn't nuts, you're crazy for not wanting Sean Payton to be the next coach of the Cardinals. You're crazy for not wanting that as long as the draft pick compensation is in line. Right, as long as the draft pick compensation's in line. And if there's if you're New Orleans, you might be sitting there saying, Look, I'd rather have I'd rather have a second than nothing at all. So, you know, you may get to the point where you take less. And as we've said throughout this process, man, you've got to go back twenty to twenty five years for the compensation that was the first round draft picks. And that might be that might not be the case anymore. You might have to redo what the compensation is. First round may be too much to give for a coach. Or maybe it's not. I, I do think that there's I mean, look, Sean Payton was here. Uh, you know, obviously the Cardinals aren't sold on anybody else that they've interviewed yet to the point where they did want to at least meet with Payton and interview you him. They did that. I think what I said earlier about Peyton, what backfired on him truly is the Rams' job not opening up because of McVay, because the Cowboys' job not opening up because of McCarthy, and Staley yeah. staying with the Chargers. I think those were three big teams that all would have went in for, for, for Sean Payton. All of those teams would have went heavily for Peyton, and none of those three big jobs opened up, and then you, you were left with, you know, what, you know, what, we, we, we spent, how many times have we spent this, which job is the best which job well if the Chargers job opened up that's the best job yes you know I mean Justin Herbert that yeah. would have been Justin Herbert I mean if the Rams job opened I mean the Rams are kind of stuck in a tough spot with with the draft picks and everything but those are those are high profile jobs that he would have probably jumped at if they had opened up now, the other thing from this, obviously, is the Saints' perspective, and it's something you and I have been talking about all day. If the market is shrinking for Sean Payton, and there isn't you know, a ton of teams out there competing for him, will the Saints budge off of their demands? So that reportedly, it's, it starts with a first-round pick, um, but if the Saints find that there isn't just that much of an appetite to hire Sean Payton, I think it's reasonable to think that they change their demands, or it's reasonable to think the Cardinals could go to the Saints and say, look, we get you one of first round pick. 
we don't want to give you a first-round pick. We've got the second-round pick that's almost as good as a first-rounder. Would you take that and we can just call it a day? I don't know what the Saints would do if they would budge off of their first-rounder bust kind of demand when it comes to Sean Payton. But if they – look, if, you're, if some team is going to give you a free – good second round pick for a commodity that you don't even have anymore that you don't use anymore are you really going to say no to that I, I i have a hard time believing the saints would actually say nope it's a first rounder or nothing or you can't have them i, I just can't see them doing that yeah, and it's not like okay oh you just ruined the precedent now all these other teams are never going to be able who cares who cares who cares i mean Bes- what's the, besides who cares? the precedent is all over the map i mean the cardinals didn't get a first round pick for bruce arians the coaches have been traded all the time it's not always for a first. You got to stick to our I, guns and get a first because that's what other yeah. teams. No, you don't. No, you don't. Get no, a get a second. If you could get a really good second, if you could get a top three second round pick, there's nothing. You'll be thrilled when you're making that pick in the draft. No doubt about it. Now, here's the other news as it relates to the Cardinals coaching search today, and, and there's quite a bit of it. Number one, you heard me mention it, but I'll say it again. Frank Reich is the new coach of the Carolina Panthers. He was on the Cardinals list. He got an interview last weekend. He was named the Carolina Panthers head coach today. He's off the list. Maybe the biggest, most surprising news of the day, Dan Quinn, defensive coordinator of the Cowboys, announced he was going back to Dallas to be their D.C. this year. That's a little bit of a surprise because it was thought that he was going to be a finalist in Denver. He certainly was a finalist here in Arizona. He got a second interview a couple of days ago. Yesterday. Yeah, just yesterday, right? Yeah. Thank you. Just yesterday, he got that. He got that second interview. So for him to announce that he's going back to Dallas leads me to believe either a he knew he wasn't going to get any of the jobs this year, or b Jerry Jones told him, "No, really, seriously, just one more year, and I promise you." Now I don't know how Jerry could read the future like that and know for sure he's going to make Dan Quinn his head coach a year from now. But that's all I can think of why Dan Quinn would say no to head coaching jobs this year. Maybe those offers weren't coming this year, or maybe Jerry wrote him a big fat check to make sure he didn't go anywhere. I don't know, yeah. but he took his name off the market. That's really possible. You know, they did fire like five other coaches, but they didn't fire, you know, Kellen Moore didn't get the Carolina job, so he's going to be their OC, and then Quinn's going to come back and be their DC, so your main two coordinators will be back. It's hard to sit there and say, oh, you'll be the coach if McCarthy fails, because you don't know what if McCarthy wins the Super Bowl next year, and you go to Dan Quinn, oh, sorry, we're going to kill. So you just don't know what going to happen. So it's, I, I doubt that there was any you know, guarantees that you'll be the next head coach. It was, made, it, was, it was probably one of the two things. He got paid really, really well, and he didn't love any of the jobs that were out there. Or two, he really felt after the interview process that he wasn't going to get one of those jobs, and it's easier to take your name out rather than let all those hires happen and make it look like you weren't good enough to get one of those jobs. One last quick note before we go to break. Yeah. The Vikings have also interviewed Brian Flores for their defensive coordinator's job. He's a name that, I mean, at this point, it feels like it's going to be Sean Payton, Brian Flores, uh, maybe Vance Joseph, and then perhaps somebody who's not on our radar right and now. And I know we're if, up against it, but Steve Wilkes and, he, and, his, uh, and I think his lawyer could be filing a lawsuit over not getting the Carolina job. That's fascinating. He basically... Yeah, his lawyer basically said, stay tuned. We'll have more to say about Wilkes not getting a Carolina job in the next couple of days. Of course, he's already suing teams in the NFL for racial discrimination. We'll see if him not getting the job in Carolina, if there's legal ramifications to that. I'm glad you brought that up. 
Do want to remind you, Nickelback is heading out on the Get Rolling Tour. It's coming to Footprint Center on July 12th. Tickets go on sale tomorrow at 10 a.m. You can win a pair now by heading to the contest page at ArizonaSports.com. The season is more than halfway done. The trade deadline is two weeks away, and yet Jake Crowder is still on the Suns' payroll. What are the Suns asking for in order to get rid of Grumpy Jay? That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Two weeks from today, the NBA trade deadline. Two weeks. We have no idea what's going to happen, but I think Gambo and I are on the same page about one thing we're pretty sure is going to happen. Jay Crowder, between now and then, at some point will get moved. For what? I don't know. For, you know, what's what's left at this point, I have no idea. I'm tired of talking I about it. <laughs> I, it's, it's Gambo, seriously. This has been... About, how many months has it been talking about Jay Crowder potentially going? So like, geez. Mid-September? Right? Listen, let's just... I don't care who they get. Let's just celebrate the fact that we don't have to talk about it anymore come February 9th, hopefully. Amen to that. Well, on February 9th, if he doesn't get traded, at that point, what, he gets bought out? He gets bought out and he can go wherever he wants to go? I mean, is, is that, uh, which is that what's no left? Sense. Makes absolutely no sense. I mean... No. No, I mean, I can't... You'll, you'll, they'll trade him for something, but... It's been hard to trade a guy that's an older player on an expiring contract, that's a role player, that's not very athletic, that hasn't played in eight months. And, you know, I think there are teams that like Jay Crowder. They just don't want to really give up anything for him. Like, if you're a contending team and you want Jay Crowder, you're not going to give up anybody that's helping you win basketball games right now. I'll give you a guy that's not playing very much, you know, but you're not going to give up. And then the salary thing becomes an issue, too, because it's not like he's a $5 million guy. He's a $10 million guy. So... Um, you know, you would think it'd be easy to do, but it it's it really hasn't been very easy to make a trade. It's it's hard for me not to feel like both sides have screwed this thing up. Uh, that the, the both sides don't have a hand in what has gone down here. Jay certainly, from the standpoint of not wanting to be here, of you know, not he screwed whatever. It up. I'm sorry, say he, again. He, Jay definitely screwed this up. Well, Jay definitely screwed, but I, I think the Suns too. I, I mean, depending on what they I, end up getting for him. I don't know what the hell they've been waiting for. I mean, I really don't. I, I mean, it, it's like like if there's if there was a deal they could have done a month ago that's going to be exactly the same as the deal they're going to do two weeks from now, then yeah, they screwed it up. They screwed it up because that's a player that could have been doing something for them now instead of waiting two weeks for that person to do something for them. And yes, that's a screw-up on the Suns. There, there, to me, there's no other way to look at it. If, if you're sitting on a deal thinking you're going to do better than that deal, at some point you have to take the deal. You have to take it. This team has gone through, but for goodness sake, Saban Lee is getting crunch time fourth quarter minutes. He's been good. I'm not even saying he hasn't been good, but th- this team has needed help in the worst kind of way. And if you've been sitting on Jay Crowder because you're thinking something better is coming and you've had a deal in your pocket and you've decided not to do it, I, you might disagree. I put that on the Suns, too. I, no, I put that on the Suns for not doing something sooner and bringing in help because help was needed. Listen, the first question that we asked James Jones, after this trade is done is is this a trade that you could have made a month ago two months ago three months ago because if it is then yeah I agree with you you know that why wouldn't you have done it then I mean you got a player you could have got more acclimated it could help you in a couple of games you know that makes sense is this a trade that you could have made a few months ago if the answer is no 
then you know, maybe holding out benefited the Suns. They ended up with a better player than what they would have got three months ago. So I think it really just comes down to that that question. The player they end up getting, whoever that player is, is that somebody that just became available and a team kind of caved and is giving the Suns what they want? Or is it a player that they absolutely could have had in October, November, December, or early January? Yeah. I just it seems to me that Jay Crowder at this point is not a player worth caving for if you're another team. You know that Jay Crowder it, the dude hasn't played basketball in 8 months. He, I mean like how much help is he going to be? What what are you expecting him to do when he shows up? He hasn't played basketball in 8 months. Now, now I I get it. There are a lot of like street free agents who are out there who also haven't played basketball and maybe teams will sign them for the stretch run, but it's it just seems to me that with every single day that he's not on an NBA team Jay Crowder's ability to impact his next team just diminishes by almost the hour. He, he, he's not playing basketball. And so I think that also hurts the Suns when it comes to trading him. There's just, if I'm a team and I'm looking at Jay Crowder, I think, yeah, I could give you an asset for him, but what's the point? The, you know, 50 games have gone by, 60 games have gone by. What's he, what's he got left when it's time for it to matter most? I, we'll see what happens in the next guy. They're going to trade him. I just don't know what it's going to be for. Now, this is out there too. Zach Lowe on the Low podcast with Bobby Marks said he heard the Suns are asking a giant asking price for Jay Crowder. I'll let him explain it. Someone told me that, uh, that it has some interest in Crowder that the, the Suns seem to want two of the following three things. A good young player, a first-round pick, and a rotation, a, almost a starter, Crowder-level player. Two of those three. And it's like, that's cool. Like That's why Jay Crowder hasn't been traded yet. You buy that? I, I know this from many, many years of talking to GMs and executives throughout the league. It, it's different with each team that you talk to, depending on their roster. You may talk to one team and, like, I, I want a young player and a first-round pick on your roster, but a, di- a, a roster is different somewhere else. So it all depends, right? It's not the same. I mean, when, when you think, when people think it's the same, it's, it's wrong. It's just wrong because every roster is a different roster. And you may not like some of the young players on another team's roster, but you may love some of the young players on, a, on, on, on one team's roster. You, you, so it really depends on who you're talking to and what team it is. Is there a team out there that the Suns may have said, yeah, we want a first-round pick and a young player? Sure. But there's another team that they're talking to that they don't need a young player because they don't like any of their young players. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, no, it, it depends for every team. It's every not a one-size-fits-all kind nope, of thing. It never yeah. is. I, I get that. The rumors in terms of where he'll go, uh, they're still out there. The, the, the According to you know, Miami's still in play, Milwaukee's still in play. You had mentioned Philly earlier. I mean, these are most of the teams that we've been hearing for the last couple of months or so when it comes to Jay. Miami makes sense. They've got several players that could work contract-wise, you go through their roster and you look at the Miami Heat roster and you're like, okay, you know, whether it's a Duncan Robinson or that that uh, that, uh, that that power forward that they have, the younger guy. You look, you're not getting Max Struess, which some people thought they might have, you know, earlier in the season. Uh, you know, Nikolai Jovic, the forward, you maybe you can get him. Maybe Caleb Martin, Duncan Robinson. There's some players on that roster that, that are available if you wanted to that I'm sure that they would trade uh, for Jay Crowder. And, and, and look, there's another possibility in this too, one that we have to con- at least consider as a possibility. And that's that Jay Crowder is part of a larger, bigger 
trade that requires a sign-off from a sitting owner and not a temporary owner. And I, I think that's something that we have to at least acknowledge as a possibility in all this. That part of the reason why he hasn't gotten moved is that it's part of a larger deal along with Dario or Landry or whoever else for a player who makes so much money that that, that deal can't be approved until Matt Ishby is in place and that it's a bigger deal in play. Because that, that is a, in my mind, I don't know if you agree or not, in my mind that's a plausible explanation for why this has taken so long. Is that it, it, it requires the new owner's approval and you're not going to get that until right before the trade deadline. I don't know, just food for thought. Yeah, food I, for I, thought. I, wouldn't, I would not say that's incorrect. I think that that's a possibility. Okay. But I think you also, as you get closer and closer, and, and if Matt's going to take over like the day before the trade deadline, you, you're going to have cla- you're need going to need to have clarity 48 hours before that trade deadline so you can have discussions and feel like you can make a deal. We've got the Burns and Gamble Show podcast. You can subscribe right now on your iPhone or your Android, and you will never miss any of the show. The Burns and Gambo Show brought to you by Carol Royce, Keller Williams, Realty East Valley. Get a higher price selling your home. Get guaranteed offers. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. Who on the Arizona Cardinals roster is untouchable? It's an interesting thought that came out of an article, Gambo, and I read today. We'll try to answer that question next on the Burns and Gambo Show. And Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. You see this, uh, now that the Jets hired Nathaniel Hackett for the OC, people are kind of putting Aaron Rodgers there. Sure did. Man. What do you think about that? Didn't the Jets once that? go get a 39-year-old Packers quarterback and it didn't work out once? <laughs> they did. In fact, right? in fact, somebody joked Somebody joked on Twitter this morning that Aaron Rodgers is going to go to the Jets, play there a year, go to the Vikings, play for oh, two, God. go to Mississippi, rip off the state oh, through the welfare plan, and then do copper fit commercials. Yeah, like he's going to follow the exact path of Brett Favre every single I, way. I, Allegedly rip off the state of Mississippi. The only I thing I remember, I don't, I don't know this by heart, I don't think the Jets... Jets gave up very much to get Brett Favre at that point. They didn't really give up anything. It wasn't like they didn't give up a first round pick or a second round pick. It was a later pick, I believe, that they got for Jet for Brett Favre. They didn't give up anything of substance. I don't, you know, I, I remember that, but I don't know exactly what they gave up. Uh, but it is see. it is interesting that Nathaniel Hackett gets the Jets offensive coordinator job, and he had a couple of good years in Green Bay. It's like, ah, Aaron Rodgers is going to the Jets. You know what? I give you crap all the time is, uh, on some certain topics. Your memory is not that bad at all. Fourth round pick. Oh, is that it was what it was? Pick. Okay. That's all it was. I knew it wasn't a top pick. I remember that. Yep. So if Brett Favre is worth a fourth round pick, surely Sean Payton is worth a second. Come on, Saints. You know what I'm saying? Come on. Come on. I'll give up a second. I'll give up a second for Sean Payton. That's what I'm saying, right? If Brett Favre is worth well, a fourth, I think. Now that, you know, Quinn and Reich are off the board, give me your top three right now. Top three. Are you still uh, Flores one? In terms of what I want or what I think? What you want. Claire, what I want. Yeah. Oh, I still want Sean Payton, number one. Okay, well, Brian Payton Flores, one. number two. Flores, yeah, Flores two. Th- who's your third? Yeah, who's the third? I would go Evero. Ajiro Evero third. That guy's been interviewed by everybody. His defenses were really good. Got to be something about him. I... I mean, it's either yeah, him or Darren Glenn or Vance. Up, 
D'Amico Ryans hasn't spoken with them, right? It bums me out because oh, D'Amico would be yep. on my list. But but because he didn't speak with them, and because now you have to wait until either San Francisco's eliminated on Sunday or, or next week or whatever, I, it just feels like D'Amico Ryans hasn't prioritized visiting the Arizona Cardinals. And that kind of bums me out because I, I certainly would have put him on my list. I Look, I like Vance. I really don't want Vance to be the next head coach of the Cardinals. So I'll go with Jiro Aviro as number three on my list. Okay, I, I just... I just don't think you can do that if you're the Cardinals. I, I think you have to you have to start this thing from scratch, top to bottom, every single cat. I just I think you have to. And if Vance is collateral damage in that, then Vance is collateral damage in that. And I he should be able to rise above it and stand out from it. But I just don't think he's going to have that ability to do that. I, I, I think they've got to go new from top to bottom. Do you agree, disagree? How do you feel about that? Yeah, no, I agree. I, I, I've never said at any point that I wanted Vance to be the head coach here. I, I mean, I've never had him in my top three or top five. I, I, I think you got to – this needs an overhaul. You got a new GM. You can have a new head coach. Um, I think that head coach should be somebody outside the organization just like the GM was. You're bringing in a new assistant GM. I just – you know, again, nothing against Vance. I think Vance will end up with a defensive coordinator job somewhere. He's a quality coach. But I, I just like to see massive changes with the Cardinals right now. And you might as well just go all in. Go all in on the massive changes. So your top three is what? Peyton, Flores, and Aviro, like mine? Is that yeah, your but top three now? with the caveat that I'm not giving the, the Saints a first. Because if it is, they'll just hire Brian Flores. Like, if it's like, okay. Okay, to me, that's where I draw the line. If the Saints are like, I want a first-round pick either this year or next year, I'm like, well, let him go back to Fox. I'm going to hire Brian Flores as my head coach. I'm not giving yeah. up the first. Yeah, and then maybe that's just a game of bluff that you're playing with New Orleans, thinking that there's no way New Orleans won't let Sean Payton not go to Arizona for a second-round pick. It's a free second-round pick. I'm giving you the 35th pick of the draft. Take it. Here it is. It's free. It's free. You didn't do anything. I just can't imagine a world where that's not enough for them. Um in terms of what Sean Payton or Azero Aviro or Brian Flores or, or anybody has to deal with with the Cardinals, there was a story this morning on ESPN.com, and it, and it got us into a really interesting conversation about untouchable players on the Cardinals roster. The article was from Bill Barnwell, and he was writing about the seven teams that did make the playoffs a year ago, that did not make the playoffs this year, and how long the road is to get back to the playoffs. And he said, for the Arizona Cardinals, the road is long, really, really long, like of the seven teams, it's like them and then a really big gap before the next team on the list. That's how far off they are. He said they don't need a Band-Aid. They need surgery. You and I agree with all of this. Like, blow it up. Start over. Draft picks galore. The, the, the foundation is that there's just not much there. There's not a lot of elite talent there. He went so far as to suggest trading Buda Baker for draft picks. And that's where you and I are like, whoa, now, okay, hold on a sec. Yeah, slow uh, down, Turbo. Just, exactly. Let's Let's talk, uh, Bill, for just a minute about this. You want to talk about trading Hop? Fine. You want to talk about trading Hollywood Brown? Fine. Let's have a conversation about that. Buddha? Trading Buddha Baker? I mean, I get you'll get something for him. But then it got us into this conversation about untouchable players on the Cardinals roster. They don't have any. No. They just, don't have, 
Just other him. than Buddha, they don't have any. Now listen, you can make the argument if the that, that if the Cardinals aren't going to be good for a couple of years, you might as well get something out of Buddha because Buddha's got two years left on his deal. If you're afraid that Buddha's going to leave and go somewhere else because he wants to win and you're not winning yet, that like that like if you brought that up, then I can understand. But if you're just saying just trade Buddha, like uh, unless I have a feeling that he doesn't want to be here long term or that he's going to sign with somebody else that I can't resign him. I'm not trading Buddha Baker. Are you kidding me? He's a heart and soul guy. I need guys like that. I, I need know. guys that lead by example because I'm going to be bringing in a lot of young players. I'm going to be turning over this roster quite a bit. Who's better to learn from and exemplify than, than Buddha Baker? So for me, he is untouchable. Look, I, I, I get the you brought it up, the practicality of it, right? I mean, like, really, if you're, if you're if you're a year away from being good, two years away from being really good, what's the point? And I understand there is a, a very logical kind of conversation to have about this. Trade and boot a baker would just rip the heart out of your organization. It would rip the heart out of your fan base. It would rip the heart out of... I, I, I just don't know how emotionally you know, you're supposed to connect with a football team that doesn't have Buda Baker on it next year. I, I, I get the logical, cold, cynical, business kind of element of it and the return that you could get for Buda Baker. And again, you want to talk about trading anybody else on the roster? Let's have that conversation. But trading him, I think, would... The relationship you have with your fans would be damaged greatly, I think, if you traded Buda Baker. Yeah, I just think your fans would be pissed at you for a long time if you did something like yeah, that. Yeah, because you don't connect to Kyla Murray. A no. lot of fans don't connect. Some no. do, right? I'm not saying, but a lot of fans don't connect to Kyla Murray. You're sitting there like, I don't even know if I like this guy or not. Like, I don't know if I, you know, Buddha, everybody connects to Buddha. Everybody likes Buddha. There's not a Cardinal fan sitting there saying, man, I can't stand that Buddha Baker guy. He's the, nobody. 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 Everybody likes Buddha. Everybody respects Buddha. You can't say that about Kyler. So there's no connect, you know, with Kyler. You know, J.J. Watts retiring. There aren't a lot of guys. Think, now, do you need a guy to connect with on a football team? I mean, you know, I mean, is is you know, you need to put somebody up on the billboards when you're trying to sell tickets and <laughs> sell stuff. And, and, you know, you have somebody that's the face of the franchise. He's, he's a perfect guy because he truly... You know, he he truly has the image that everybody wants. I mean, he's a hard-nosed player that gives you everything he has all the time. Man, he came back from that freaking ankle sprain, and nobody in the world thought he was going to come back. I mean, that was a big thing on Hard Knocks. Remember that? Oh, of course. I mean, look, the whole Hard Knocks show, J.J. Watt was the star of the second half of the season. Buda Baker was the star of the first half of the season. And and you're right. It's There's an emotional connection there where we just we, we care about Buda. And so, I look, I don't think the Cardinals will do it. It was it was Barnwell's suggestion and you know, just to maximize the draft picks that you get. I, I think really... In terms of you know untouchables, he's really the only one on the Cardinals roster. Now I think technically Kyler is untouchable too, just because you can't trade that contract. You you he is untouchable by default because of the money that he makes and and what it would mean for the salary cap. But I'm sorry, you you look on any Cardinals depth chart on both sides of the field. Tell me who's indispensable. Tell me who is the one guy they can't do with DJ Humphreys. No, uh, DeAndre. 
Hopkins, Hollywood Browns, Avon Collins, Isaiah Simmons, Byron Murphy. No, 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 no. no I mean, even all the, they go through all the young guys. Uh, the, the tight end out of Colorado State, the running back out of USC. I mean, none of these guys are like, you know, you don't, you don't have to keep Keontae Ingram. Like, he's not like, oh my God, I got to build around this guy. He's going to be great. They, they've, they've missed on a bunch of draft picks over the years. They've hit on some. But, you know, Boot is the one guy that's untouchable. I, I don't know. If you went around the league and you asked every fan base how many guys are untouchable, I can't imagine that there's another fan base out there that only has one guy. You know, and that's another good question, too. And somebody brought this up on Twitter. I do, since we are so hyper focused on the Cardinals, if we were to do the same exercise with every team in the NFL, how many. What would be the average number of untouchable guys on an NFL roster? Four. Three? Four? Right, where you would just say, nope, I gotta have that guy. Gotta have that guy. Gotta have that guy. Like, I, I wonder what the average is for something like that. Because I'm sure there are a couple of other teams where you'd say there's only one or two guys that are truly untouchable. But I would imagine for most NFL teams, that number is closer to three, four, maybe even five, depending on, like, the Carolina Panthers. You know, I think that's part of what attracted Frank Reich to the job. Man, they've got a young core of players, three or four of them. Like, yeah, yeah, no, he, we, we like that guy. He's a part of our future. Cardinals don't have any guys who definitively make that statement like that. And so that is part of the challenge for the new guy coming in, isn't it? It is. It is. And that's why, you know, you look at this draft and, you you know, you you focus this draft is just so important because that first pick, we've talked about it. I mean, if you're in a position where you can get Carter or Anderson, you got to get that pick right. Like, you have to get that right. And that's why, look, David Sears was brought in. You know, what was his forte when he was with the Lions? SEC. Like, that guy knew the SEC like the back of his hand. So, you know, if you are in a position where you're going to pick one of those two guys, say a quarterback's go one, two, and then you, you're picking third and you've got your choice of the best player that's not a quarterback on the board, you got to get it right. You can't miss on those type of picks. We are less than three weeks away from Super Bowl 57. Bud Light, FanDuel, Arizona Sports all want you to be there in person. Text the word SUPER to 62620. Listen for your name starting February 6th, and you can score a pair of tickets to the Super Bowl. Plus, you'll win tickets to the following events as well. The FanDuel Party, the Bud Light Music Fest, and the Super Bowl Experience. So again, text the word super to 620-620. It is all access. It's presented by Bud Light and FanDuel. NBA trade deadline is getting closer. Will the Suns be one of the bold teams at the deadline? One website thinks so. We'll tell you about that next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo, what's on tonight? A lot, a lot, a lot. There is a lot tonight. tonight. Yeah, there is a lot tonight. Yeah, it's a, it's, and it's a lot of it's late too. So uh, be prepared to, to put on the bunch. coffee if you're so inclined, right? Or tape a bunch, right? And watch them in the morning. Uh, you've got four local teams in action tonight, starting with the Coyotes. They're hosting the St. Louis Blues at seven o'clock. You'll hear that one on KTAR News ninety two three FM. And, of course, the Arizona Sports app. You've got the Suns hosting the Mavericks. That game is at 8 o'clock. You'll hear it here, Arizona Sports 98.7 FM in the Arizona Sports app. The U of A men's basketball team ranks sixth in the country. They're in the Palouse tonight, taking on Washington State. That's a 9 o'clock tip time for that game. Also at 9 o'clock tonight, ASU taking on Washington. That game you'll hear on ESPN 620 and 98.7 FM 9 o'clock HD2. at 9 o'clock at 9 night? 9 o'clock. Yeah, for why? both of those games. I, 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 like, why, like why? If I knew the answer to that, Gambo, I'd be a very rich TV programmer working for a network somewhere. I wouldn't be here with you. I don't know. I don't know. All right, 9 o'clock games. You going to stay up late for those? You going to stay up for all those? 
You know, you know me. I always have to watch some of the U of A game. Um, oh, I know. I'm just. Oh, I know. I'll be ultra focused on the Suns Mavs tonight. I am looking forward to the Yotes and the Blues. To be honest with you, I think that you know that's Bill Armstrong's former team, and you know, getting you know Michelli and Kraus back could be big for them. So I think that's you know that'll be interesting to watch that game because they've struggled to score without without those two guys. So yeah, I think all the game. Arizona State's got to win. They got to win some some road games here to get themselves off the bubble and into the NCAA tournament. So I man, there's a lot. I can't watch everything, but I kind of want to. Yeah, I kind of wanted to. I, I see myself hitting record on some of these and watching them in the morning. Um, right, what's Washington. the first game? Say, say you wanted to watch all four. Suns game will end at what eleven? Uh, Suns game will probably end about ten forty-five. Okay, so then say you say you took a little break. You started watching so three more games. Each game is about two hours. At eleven to one, one to three, three to five. You just stay up till five in the morning. You can watch every game. Perfect. Perfect. That's you exactly go, you what go, I'm going to do. You can watch all four games from start to finish. You just got to be committed to go from eight to five. Are you committed, Gambo? Will you do that? No. <laughs> I'll try, but I, I'm not saying you're not going to try. No, I'm going to. I'm going to record them, and I'm going to. You know. Yeah. I'll, I'll, don't worry. We'll, we'll, we'll know our stuff about those games tomorrow. Trust us with the Burns and Gambo show. Trust us, right? We'll, we'll, we will, we'll know the stuff that we need to know about. I'm looking forward to seeing Aiden tonight. See what he's got. Cardinals hire um, a coach tomorrow. You know, I was going to ask you the same question. Um, I think there's tomorrow they hire a coach. I think there's a fifty fifty chance tomorrow's the day. I think tomorrow I the Cardinals hire a coach. I think there's a 50-50 chance. What else are you going to do? You've you've interviewed everybody. Make a decision. Make a decision. Yep. Unless you're waiting to speak to somebody else. I I mean, maybe, but you've got to find out if D'Amico Ryans even wants to talk to you. But... You've talked to Sean Payton now. You don't need to do two interviews with Sean Payton, okay? You don't. You know what? You know everything Sean Payton's about. You you got Sean Payton done. You got Ivaro done. You got Glenn done. You got Vance Joseph done. You got Brian Flores done. Hire a coach tomorrow. Yeah. Does it mean no, anything that they didn't hire Payton tonight? Um, I don't think so. Tomorrow's the day. I mean, does it mean? I, I guess in a perfect world, if if they were going to get Sean Payton, you would think that he's not. Leaving, I, I don't know that he's leaving, but I wouldn't think that he's leaving. I th- I think there's at least a fifty fifty chance tomorrow's the day. Uh, better than fifty fifty. I mean, what, what are you waiting day. for? If it's not tomorrow, when's it going to be? Like you're not going to do. I, it. I think the the only thing you'd be waiting on is Ryan's. I think the only like if you've gotten word from D'Amico Ryan's, hey, look, guys, I do want to talk to you. I was just a little overwhelmed last weekend. I was getting ready for the Cowboys game. I just couldn't do it all. As soon as we get through this game against the Eagles on Sunday, then I'm allowed to talk to you. If if they've gotten word that D'Amico Ryan's didn't cancel on them because he doesn't want them then that might be the only reason why they don't announce something tomorrow, is they want to wait to speak to him, and the soonest they can talk to him is Monday. Other than that, I see no reason why they shouldn't know who they want to be their next head coach. Denver Post is saying no second interview so far, but D'Amico Ryans is a strong candidate as the Broncos' head coaching search narrows. So the Denver Post is saying that the Broncos' head coaching search appears to be narrowing quickly with Quinn dropping out of contention. That D'Amico Ryan's, you know, it says it leaves 49ers defense quarter D'Amico Ryan's and former New Orleans Saints head coach Sean Payton as potential contenders. Yeah. 
if it's D'Amico Ryan's there, I mean, yesterday it seemed like it was going to be David Shaw in Denver. It's certainly not going to be Dan Quinn. Now, I mean, Dan Quinn, I always thought Dan Quinn was the guy in Denver. I mean, they've been talking about Dan Quinn since November as being the next head coach up there. So the fact that he didn't get that job... Um, well, we'll see. I, I, tomorrow's, you know how like there's just certain days where you wake up and you get ready for the show and you're kind of waiting for news. You think news is, I think tomorrow's going to be one of those days where I can just see myself prepping for the show and every now and then I'll just go back to Twitter and hit refresh and just see, you know, just see did something happened. It's, I think tomorrow's going to be one of those days. I don't know if it's happening tomorrow, but I really don't know what you're waiting for. You're right. Now, the only thing the you could, the only possible thing you could be waiting for is till after the weekend is over to interview D'Amico Ryans. But if you feel yeah. like he's going to take the Broncos job or the, or the Texans job and he's already said he's not going to meet with you, then we're done. We're done. Make a hire tomorrow and let's be done with it. Yep. So tomorrow we'll have a complete recap of all the stuff we just mentioned on what's on tonight, including the Suns and the Mavs. Uh, DeAndre Ayton's return to the floor tonight. Gambo reporting earlier today. Devin Booker expected back sometime next week. Not exactly sure on a specific. And then, of course, the Cardinals coaching and the very latest. That's going to do it for us. The Big Red Rage is next. We'll see you tomorrow straight up 2 o'clock here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Have a great night, everyone. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.